song that you sang to uh, this in remembrance of me. This passage uh, comes out in uh, Synoptic Gospel too, uh, Luke and Mark. And there, uh, Jesus said, uh, wherever gospel is preached, uh, this uh, uh, what woman this woman did will be remembered. So kind of related, remembrance of me. And thank you, praise him for the wonderful praise. Full praise is always good to have inspirational praise. Knowing, understand, knowing and understanding people, I find it very difficult. Many times we live our lives not knowing uh, what others feel. We say things without thinking what they may feel. And we do things without understanding how they may affect we are, sometimes we are so indifferent and so busy and so into ourselves, we just don't know what's going on with people around us. So it is hard to really know and understand people. But my friends, without understanding each other, how can we be connected? Without knowing each other, how can we comfort uh, each other. When the world becomes like that, there will be many people who feel very lonely and isolated, will live in a fragmented and disjointed society, feeling understood, feeling heard is a very important for a good quality life. Many psychologists say that people are seeking to be heard, to be understood. Our God, whom Jesus introduced, is not God up there in the universe. Even though he is bigger than the universe and create the whole world, but he's not the God that Jesus introduced is not God who's up there. Jesus introduced very, very intimate God. The God who is right here, near us, and even within us. That is the kind of God Jesus introduced to all of us, very intimate God. So this understanding of God is very unique in that way. This is what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So know here is repeated over and over again. And that was very important to Jesus, that I know the Father and Father knows me and God knows you. God intimately knows you. And Jesus went even to this degree, that he, he, he knows about us so much, even in such a detail like uh, how many hair uh, you have on your head. I, I don't I can't 
relatively easier than your hair. <laughs> but he even knows how many hair. The, but even the hairs of your head are all counted. Intimate God. But this was not Jesus' unique idea. Jesus had prophetic tradition. And even the prophets also knew this intimate God. Even long time ago, when God's concept was very big, huge, and you know, a universe and all that, that these prophets knew God so intimately. They entered into the consciousness of God. They are so much in God. They didn't say that this is what God said. They said, thus says the Lord. As though what they say was almost God saying it. Thus says the Lord. Because they entered into the consciousness of God. They were so intimately connected with God. This is what Jeremiah said. Before I formed you, here I, I is God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Even before you were born, God knew you. God knows our wishes and dreams, our troubles, our sorrows, our disappointments, and our shortcomings, and even the darkest secret that you have, your insecurity, God knows them all. God knows what we fear. God knows what we are insecure about. God knows how we feel. And Jesus had this tremendous knowledge about people. I mean, that understanding and knowledge is more spectacular than uh, performing miracles. Jesus somehow had this keen sense of knowing people. When he first met Samaritan woman, he knew exactly what her problem was. You know, our God, I mean, Jesus never taught kind of concept and ideas and theories. He sees people and he knows exactly what that person needs and he talks about that. And then he teaches about the essential truth, the bigger truth. Like, for example, look at the birds in the air. Because they were thinking about the birds in the air. I mean, this time, when Jesus met Samaritan woman, she, he knew exactly that what she wanted was water. So she, Jesus was talking about water with her. And this is what she, uh, Jesus said. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I'll give them will never be thirsty. The water that I'll give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. I mean, I can't talk about, uh, you know, the Samaritan woman, all story, all that. So you need to know the scripture a little bit. So I'm just going over. But this uh, woman needed water and then Jesus said when, as soon as Jesus talking about the eternal water and the uh, spring and all that Jesus, uh, the, the woman was so fascinated give me that water then Jesus also told her you have five husbands 
You had five husbands. That was a deep secret that she had. You had five hus husbands. As soon as Jesus said that, she, she put all the guards down. She opened up and she started talking with Jesus. Jesus knew her so well. What we read uh, today uh, in today's story, this story was not about how expensive the perfume was. It was not about her sacrifice for giving the very expensive perfume. It was not about even her devotion either. This story is about how well she knew about Jesus. Somehow she knew what Jesus was going through so sharply. She knew exactly what Jesus needed. She had this powerful insight and she broke her jar and then gave her perfume. Let me, let me tell you a little bit of background of today's story. The passage begins with this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So that's a background. Chapter 12, verse 1. So in chapter 11, when you read chapter 11, the whole story is about raising the dead Lazarus and brought him out from the, uh, from the tomb. And in chapter 12, they had a party, dinner, so that people could celebrate that Lazarus came back. And so the mood was very celebratory. They were talking about life, not funeral, not death. It was a party for bringing alive the dead person from the dead. So uh, people came not only to see Jesus, but also to see uh, Lazarus. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the moon was very celebratory. No one was talking about uh, death. I mean, fantastic miracle they saw. They were so excited. But it was not like a funeral, rece <coughs> a funeral reception. It was a, a celebration of life. And uh, they were very excited about it. But not Jesus. Jesus knew exactly what will happen if he raised Lazarus. By raising Lazarus, Jesus invited death to himself. He knew that some people will be excited, but those religious leaders who had power, they'll be very upset and they'll be very threatened. So Jesus was thinking and thinking, should I raise Lazarus or not? Is that the time or not? And then finally, he decided to raise Lazarus from the dead, knowing that this will bring death to himself. 
Let me read the scripture. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, what are we to do? This is after raising the Lazarus. This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will, be, will believe in him and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. They were so excited about Jesus, a lot of them. But these powerful religious leaders, that became a threat to them. Jesus was wondering whether it's my time for me to get all this kind of threats and death to himself. You know, in John, uh, Jesus kept saying that my hour has not yet come, my hour has not yet come. He kept saying that. And when did, when did he say that my hour has come? Right after raising Lazarus, Jesus finally said, my time has come. Let me read it for you. Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified very truly. I tell you, unless a grain, grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in, the, in this world will keep it for eternal life. So, after raising Lazarus, Jesus knew that time has come for him to die. They not only wanted to kill Jesus, but they wanted to kill even Lazarus. Right after he said that my hour has come, Jesus was troubled. His soul was troubled. This was, uh, this was what he said. Now my soul is troubled and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I've come to this hour. All these things were going on in Jesus' mind. All these things were going on. And everybody was having a party and then they celebrate life. But Jesus' heart was very heavy. And, but nobody understood what was going on in Jesus. But Mary somehow knew. I don't know how. Mary knew something very serious was happening. Something prompted her to take out her most precious thing and give to Jesus. And that perfume was 300 denarii. One denari, uh, denarian was one uh, uh, laborer's wage. So 300 denarii is about one year's wage which will cost about forty dollars to $50,000. Very expensive bottle. Forty dollars to $50,000 perfume. She broke it and poured it, poured it on Jesus' feet. It wasn't necessarily a beautiful scene. Very uncomfortable scene. A woman pouring that perfume on man's feet and then Washing it, that's not pleasant to see. Very uncomfortable. 
And Judas could not stand it anymore. So he blurted out. Why this waste? There was nothing wrong with what Judas said. But there's one thing that he didn't know. He didn't know Jesus' heart. Jesus interrupted Judas and said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Mary knew exactly what Jesus was going through. Why? Because she truly loved him. Knowing somebody is not a skill. Knowing somebody comes from love. Parents know their children very well. Why? Because they love them. Knowing somebody comes from love. When we don't have love, we can never know and understand what others are going through. When we don't have love, we become blinded. But when you have love, you will understand what people are going through. The pain, hurt, you can feel that when you love somebody. But when you don't have love, you cannot feel that. This week, was very, I was very happy because finally Pope made an apology. He recognized the pain and hurt that they went through. I mean, they were heard finally. They were shouting how painful it was. They were shouting, we are hurting so long and so much, but nobody paid attention to their hurt and pain. And finally, the head leader of Roman Catholic Church, I hear you. I hear you. And I am sorry. And we are sorry. When you truly love somebody, you can know. You're able to understand others' pain. Otherwise, you will never understand what other people are going through. What God wants from you is not sacrifice. What God wants from you is not what you do for God because God doesn't need your help. God doesn't need anything from you. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your sacrifice. God has everything. That's what prophet said, Isaiah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. God doesn't want any of that. What does God want? God wants you to know him. 
truly understand him. This is what I, Hosea said. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His appearing is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the showers, like the spring rains that water the earth. God does not want our sacrifice. And a little later, the, uh, the Hosea said again, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. God wants you to know God. And to know God, you have to love God. How can we develop the ability to know others? Love them. Hey, that's a crucial in your work too. How do you get to know people that you work with? How do you know what they want? How do you know what they need? Love them. If you love them, you will know what they need and what they want. And you will know what pain they are going through. You will know what struggles they have. When somebody feels heard, understood, and known because of you, you gave them the best gift you could ever give. Much more than thousands of dollars. If you understand their inner struggle, then you gave them the best gift. After funeral service, often, uh, sometimes family members come to me and they tell me, Moksanim, exactly that was that person. He was like that. She was like that. When I heard that, that is the greatest compliment for me. At least I could relay who that person was as best I could. Yes, understanding somebody is hard. It's a character. Understanding somebody is a character. I want all of you to build it. And then you become a deeper person. You become a mature person when you understand other people. How do you do that? Start loving them. If you don't love them, you become judgmental. You become very negative. When you start loving them, you can understand the deeper about the person and people. Same with God. What we need, it is heart of love. We need to cultivate that heart of love. And that will do so much good to you. When you build that heart of love, that will do so much good to you. Your life will be different. The way you relate to people will be different. The way you're connected with people and the world will be different. Your life will be different when you have cultivated that heart of love. You will understand life much, much better. Selfishness doesn't do any good. 
but the heart of love will just transform you tremendously and you will live a happy, blessed life. My friend, I want all of you to live that happy, blessed life. So now when you have lost some possessions and materials, but when you have heart of love and when you, when you start understanding people and your life and yourself and God, oh, life will be so different. Live a happy life and cultivate that heart of love. Let us sing together.